All they want to do is talk, Kate. Cross talk, cross talk. All they want to do is talk, Kate. You are now listening to Cross Talk. Cross Talk. Our special crossover coverage show. Ladies and gentlemen, this just in crossovers out. And it rocks. Oh, yeah. The only podcast covering every issue of Crossover by Donny Cates. We might, I don't know if we can explicitly promise that. Okay. Unless Donnie. All right. Unless Donald himself starts a comic book podcast about his own comic, which is not beneath him. Um, <laughs> I think we own this. Oh, t- t- tell the listeners the nickname you came up for Donnie Cates today. <laughs> <laughs> Donahasi Cates. I thought that was so funny. Did you? Because I, I I did a big old giggle to myself. I don't know if I <laughs> texted you an LOL or not, but you got me laughing out loud. Oh, you're okay. So you paid me a compliment. I'm going to pay you one. Okay. You were doing a little bit where you're going to go to C2E2 and you were going to cosplay as a Substack business guy and hand out four hundred thousand uh, dollar checks. checks to people. <laughs> Which is literally the best cosplay idea I've ever fucking heard of. I might print fake checks and just be like, you ever write anything? And just like hand strangers money. Oh, I love it. Fake money. I love it. Yeah. I think creators would get a kick out of it too. Oh, they totally would. Yeah. Yeah. I told I told you if I talk I'd start a deal with someone who was an artist and then be like, Oh wait, you're not a writer and they just <laughs> crumple up their check and throw it away. You're like, never mind, you're not yeah, worth my time. Yeah, no, get out of here. <laughs> um, Huge statement coming through. <laughs> this is my favorite issue oh, of Crossover. you a real statement. Okay. Yeah. This is your favorite issue? Yeah. This was a fabulous issue. So good. Really, really good. Although I did really like last week, or the however, last month, I guess. Yeah. But this new arc is great. I think the arc is called Meanwhile. Yep. And there's a lot to talk about here. And for once, the highlight, in some ways, is not the cameos. <laughs> yes. Not to take away from how good this comic book is. The comic has officially reached a point where it's transcended the cameos and Easter eggs and things. Yes. We could talk about them briefly because I think we always kind of have a part where we do talk about them. Mm-hmm. There's a jail scene. If you remember where we last left you, meanwhile, the main characters have been arrested yep. by the Powers duo. And inside the jail scene, there's a savage dragon. Yeah, um, getting arrested. Looks to be a little bit like a Wolverine kind of reference. I don't know if you saw that. Didn't catch that. Um, there was someone who kind of looked like Big Barda to me. Oh, is like Angel? It doesn't matter. Yeah. But no big things. But we'll get to one that's the obvious thing. At the end of the story, right? Yeah, which um, I will say I read a couple of articles on this book. Nobody uh-huh. mentions this like end thing. And I really want to talk out the end of this book sure. th- with you. Because I'm... I'm I have a lot of thoughts on it, or yep. questions, I guess. So in general, this book, this series, is going into like crime, whodunit, who is killing authors of comic books. And, and maybe why. I'm just like digging it right now because that's a genre that I'm interested in, and a smaller story is making that maybe a little more fun and a little easier to like gel all in my head. Right. Like, the the relationships between the characters are making more sense. There's less, like, throwaway characters. Like, it was definitely fun to see that, like, Payback's gang and um, Madman and stuff like that in there. But 
the the constant like addition of new characters made like relationships between the reader and the main characters a little harder to gel and those are definitely like relationships I'm understanding better and complexities and depth in the story that I'm like more excited about now. Right. There were like three references to things uh-huh. that are comic book related yeah. in here that I felt like were the most massage delivered that we've gotten in crossover. Like kind of under the radar, you mean? Well, just like a way to reference the comic book in a way, but not take away from the story, but also totally reward you if you give a shit. Yeah. So the they do an interrogation scene with the powers duo. That's great. And Ellipses, um, or Ellie, uh, it, it is Ellie. We always do this every episode, right? Yep. Okay. It says, oh, you're going to do the powers thing? And like <laughs> talks it out with them as they do the shtick that they do, which yep. like even if you were a Powers fan, you would be like, oh, they do do this thing. I honestly have read Powers and I was never like a trope of that is the quippy banter back and forth just because you don't think about those things while you're enjoying like the original source material. Right. Right. Yeah. Sometimes you need someone else's commentary on that. Who's a storyteller to point out the like. The devices they use to get a story across. It was beautiful. Yeah. And the panel of it is a twofold panel and you can you read it like interchangeably, so she inserts herself in it. And it kind of showed you how just well read Ellie is. Like her superpower is knowing comic books super well. Oh <laughs> right, yeah. And she's super smart. She's such a great lead to follow. She really earns that like following. Um and it gets revealed in this is that She's so smart that she figures out, like, maybe they're not killing the writers, but they're killing the gods that control them in some ways. And, and or something like that. she basically kind of spins it to, like, question wh- who's actually being killed and who it could it be. Yeah, right. The, the storyline is that we're after a murderer who's killing comic book writers. Yeah. She's saying their intention may not be to kill the writer. The intention is to stifle their creations. I think she's posing... That we don't necessarily know what happens to Brian Michael Bendis' characters once Brian Michael Bendis is killed. This could be someone who suffers consequences within a Powers comic, like in issues they haven't gotten to yet. She asked this really interesting question that is like, so what issue are you guys from? Like, where did you hop out of the comic? Yeah. And they're like, what are you talking about? And And the guy's like, oh, let's move this along. Because he doesn't want, like, his secret out. Yeah, and so they're like, oh, well, you're early. And she's like, oh, so pretty early in the story. That's interesting. So, you know, we could have a villain from later on in their storyline saying, I want to prevent my capture later on. In it, it gets revealed that we don't know who created Ellipsis. Yes, which is kind of like a light bulb moment for her. You can tell that it's just, like, maybe never occurred to her that she's got a creator because she's such like a fangirl. Right. And not necessarily like a lead. Which I mean, this is where we get a little bit speculative. It seems as if it will be Donny Cates who created her uh-huh. and it'll be like a Stephen King Dark Tower thing. Sure. Where he enters the story. Yeah. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. In a like a comical kind of way. Right? Like she yes. just she just is the story. Uh-huh. <laughs> she's the meta story. I so I know that last issue we were speculating a lot that the crazy writer they keep referring to who's supposed to like know everything you know who's that writer is it donny cates is it someone else yeah. is we're, it todd mcfarlane is it todd mcfarlane <laughs> one of the things that 
is like a joke that's made a couple times in here is just like, God, all this guy does is people talking in rooms. Yes. More people talking in rooms. What is that a reference to? I don't know. I think that's something that when we figure out who the writer is, or maybe it's a clue as to who the writer is, that that'll make more sense. That they always put people talking in rooms. And part of me was thinking Kevin Smith. Yeah. Because, I mean, all his movies are just so dialogue heavy and often are just like people in one location for a long period of time. Right. Um, And there's, I'm sure there's several other writers who are just known for like beefy dialogue in char- rooms. characters sitting in rooms and not leaving <clears throat> yeah so that that's definitely a big clue of who that person right is. the other massage comic book reward was it's so the we follow two different stories here the other story that we follow is the other character the dweeby uh pk kid um prophet's kid um, <laughs> i was like what does pk stand for? i think it preacher's kid preacher's kid okay. um or PK, um, in general, uh, and like following his trail of like he has to go talk to his father as part of figuring out like he's if you remember early on in crossover he's a tool of the FBI or the whatever yep. to kind of figure out some of the crime involving comic book stuff. Mm-hmm. Now they have his father in captivity or <laughs> held captive, I guess. Yep. Um, and he has to talk to his father and do some like father dialogue, which is written really well, fabulous, mm-hmm. like really really great. Yep. One of the things that gets revealed is that one thing that made his dad so mad was he found a comic book under his bed, and that comic was Saga. Yeah. So it's like mentioned by name. We've had a one Brian K. Vaughn reference before, I think, early mm-hmm. on in a comic. Maybe so, that he was missing or something. Yeah. So now Brian K. Vaughn is brought into the story of like, what did this preacher do to the author of that or figure out or he, how did to get involved? Is he a suspect? He Yeah. He... Whether he's lying or not, he suggests that he knows the murderer. Yes. And is kind of helping facilitate them finding important comic book creators or setting them on the trail of different writers to kill. Right. And that, like, they, so this person set them on the trail to, to kill Brian K. Vaughn? Right. Okay. Yeah. And so there's a couple, the people watching behind the glass and the sun, who we can assume are comic book fans, are both like, Fuck! No! <laughs> no, my guy! My guy! My guy! Uh, He's a nice guy, though. I don't want Brian to die. No. And the idea that, like, a... They should do a thing where it's like Rob Liefeld gets killed and people, everybody's like, yeah! <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but the idea that there could be saga characters involved in this and we haven't gotten to them yet, like... Oh, so do good. Do you think for a second... Fiona Staples and Brian K. Vaughn will be like, no, don't use our characters. No. I don't think so. So th- there, when, no, when those characters, if those characters ever show up, that'll be really fun. I would Those love are it. like huge cult favorite characters. If one of those characters is the murderer. Like I, I would I would at this point prefer it to be a character yeah. rather than a person, like a real author. Well, and the great thing that we know is that they're hopping out of the comic books at different times, right? So this could be a character from Saga that has died. And they're back alive again in this book. Or what, you know if, what I mean? What if it coincides with the re-release of Saga? It could, maybe. Who knows? Probably not likely. Is the Will the murderer? <laughs> um, I hope it's fat, overweight Will. Yeah. <laughs> Which version of the Will are we gonna get? Um, speaking of they, that, just reminded me talking about like oh other comic books crossing over with crossover. 
nothing ever happened with that Robert Kirkman, Ryan Otley, like Youngbloods parody comic they did. That I bought for 10 bucks. Yeah, that they printed on newsprint and image like nobody had to order it. It was also really hard to file in your uh, yeah, comic book collection, which right. I've now found out. I thought that too, and I'm like, no way do they just throw that away. Something's got to happen with that. But I... Like maybe Kirkman is the crazy man talking? Maybe Kirkman's the crazy man. And then they that's how they kind of bring it back or something. I don't know. It It's definitely... I think it's going to come back. Yeah. It has to. Well, okay. If it doesn't, it still was fun at the time. Well, and it's it's never necessarily completely acknowledged that it is a crossover thing. I think we all just assumed, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. I but, mean, I th- but you're like, I'm like pretty sure it's a crossover thing. I mean, I think there, I the only reason why I yeah like that uh-huh. with the trail off, I think there's like a tweet or something that was like cutesy, like, oh, look at this. There was a, I remember, it's like a video of being like, we found this like comic book and it was like a bunch of shrugging and it's like, obviously it's a crossover thing. Like, I mean, yeah. it's not just an, a weird image thing. Uh-huh. So, I don't know. The My third like massage p- thing uh-huh. was uh, Powers race to go find their creators dead, um, which was like an interesting thing that happened. Um, but they find Scott Snyder dead. And so Scott Snyder is just like, d- flash, oh, dead uh, in the comic, which is like a really interesting, cool reference. I just, I thought that was really fun. It would be so fun to like see yourself depicted and murdered in a comic like that. Because I don't, I mean, maybe there has been a Scott Snyder character that I'm not aware of that appeared somewhere here. But it's like. they. I think they talk about him as missing or something at okay. some point again yeah. too. Yeah. In one of the first two issues. Yeah, but anyway, it was cool to see him dead. <laughs> so. They're talking about like an underground Comic-Con at the time, and he's at that when yeah. he gets killed. <laughs> and they they also mention like, uh, they're doing like a screening of Zorro. And then someone on the other end of the phone is like, oh my God, these nerds. And the other person's like, yeah, I know. Okay, they spent, they spent an inordinate <laughs> amount of time about like why the Comic-Con is centered around Zorro, or Zorro is like a front for it. And I'm like, am I supposed to, is this a clue of something? Because I do not get the Zorro reference. Like, it's I know it's a bad movie, but. Uh, yeah, and I think, too, that they're just kind of making fun of the fact that you've got, like, these old heads who love these old, campy. Bullshitty shit. Yeah. Westerns and dumb hero movies that are, like, have not aged well. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, the big reveal, which we can kind of just talk about. Yeah, how Scott Snyder was killed in the comic. They found the murder weapon. Yes. It is a battering. Yes. So Batman has now entered. <laughs> uh, or acknowledged, at least. Who can ha- get their hands on a battering? James Tinian? <laughs> <laughs> what if James Tinian's the murderer? Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, I think like that- have to be a comic character. Yeah, because it, then it's like, they don't have to get any rights for- Using the the battering, I don't think. Yeah, and they could just reference the weapon, and then he's it the looks a, the head of it looks a little different. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they, so they can like get away with it or something. Yeah, but it part of part of it makes me wonder: is it a Batman villain? Sure, it could be a Batman. who is like just it's someone who came out of Gotham and had access to Here, these things. And we've said this almost every episode: crossover will reach peak zenith. Once it accomplishes having gotten rights to any of officially of the big two. Yeah, right. And we speculated there might be Grifter because there was the some Jim Lee like, connection with yeah, Image. Yeah. But 
that like if that's achieved and and I think the way to achieve it which might be part of Donnie's little plan uh-huh. is to like have this book be so hyped that it would be bad pub it's just unavoidable at some point well it would be bad press for DC or Marvel to be like no. if it got out if there was an email of like no 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 like it, would, it wouldn't age well yeah right like I think that would be a really great strategy uh-huh. just have this book have so much hype that it would be like really dumb for them to not to be like yeah you can borrow Killer Croc for an episode. Yeah, right. Or for an issue, yeah. I agree. It would be mind-blowing. I don't think it's ever going to happen, and that's what makes it, would make it mind-blowing. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. Yeah. I there's It's this edging of it almost happening uh. that's like <laughs> makes it so weird of a double double read. This book is fabulous without that like yeah. little hint of it almost happening. Yeah. Um. That I don't, I don't need it. I'm not even like a big, huge, big two head. Like I don't, right. I don't need that to happen. It just would be cool, like just like otherworldly to imagine yeah. that happening. Well, my my thing now is that I'm engaged enough by just the story at a most at the most basic level that when I do remember that it's like, oh yeah, we're dealing with this like fourth wall breaking thing in in comics, and that enters back into it. I'm like, oh my god. I really like this book. There's a whole other level of just fun stuff that's, again, we say this every episode, but again, it's like just for real heads, and that's like so much fun. It did teeter on almost getting too meta, (laughs) which is tough for me to say because I love a good meta book. But it didn't get there. It's it like it it kept itself, but it it almost like spiraled in the. And I'm like, how easy is it for meta things? to unravel and become out of control and convoluted and just a story beyond comprehending. And this has stayed relatively, you know, easy to comprehend for something that is so heavy-handedly making a joke in itself and dealing with, like, the possibilities of crossing universes and poking into the real world. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah. So... I think that they kept it in check. It was funny and it was fun um, and enjoyable all the way through. So my, I guess, what, what the, the sentiment I want to leave on is that I could see people having read the first arc of this and saying, this is kind of what it is and I got what I want out of it and I'm not going to continue reading it. This book is worth continuing to read. Oh, 100%. So if you if you missed the last couple issues, these books aren't, Really hard to find. You can go back and get the back issues. You can move to trade. I would keep reading it because it's fun. It is really, really rewarding image comic book fans. Uh-huh. Like if you have been a big image head in right. any way. So I think th- this is a must if you're an image fan. Yeah. Um, but if you want like a good, re- it's every bit as good as an issue nine. Sure. That, that I've read yeah. before. Like, it's tough for me to be like, it, oh, I've read a book up to issue nine, and that was way better th- at this point than this book. Yeah. Because it's it, like, the just the the art of the comic book form is mastered by Donnie. Yeah. And it's it's really on full display here. That's a good point. How many issue nines are this exciting still? Yeah, like, where you're like, like I maybe issue like four or something like that was a little bit slow uh-huh. or something like that. But it's like very few of these issues have been like mm-hmm. below a B plus. Right. So I'm, I'm this, I'm on fire for this. Got, got a lot of energy for this book. As my dad would say, I'm on fire. Oh, oh baby. 
Hey, little comic, is your daddy home? Did he go and read you all alone? I'm on fire. Oh, I'm on fire. I said bye. <laughs> <laughs>